0: Hi, friends. My name is Jess Piper, and this is the Dirt Road Democrat. On this episode, I'll be talking about school choice and how vouchers harm students, schools, and communities. This show is brought to you by the Heartland Pod and our Patreon supporters. To learn more and to join us, go to heartlandpod.com and click the Patreon link to get signed up to support this show and the others in the Heartland Pod family to get bonus content and special access for events. You can follow me on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, I'm Piper for Missouri. On TikTok, you can find me at JeffPiperMo, and be sure to follow The Heartland Pod on all accounts. Thank you, friends, for joining me again for another episode of The Dirt Road Democrat. And this one is something that I'm very passionate about, if you know anything about me. My constant fight is for public education uh, to fight back against the privatization of our schools. And on Friday, February 24th, I attended an event in Farmington, Arkansas, which is in northwest Arkansas. It's a town of about 8,000 people, and it's kind of buried in uh, the Fayetteville, Bentonville, Rogers area. You know, there are quite a few people living there but this was the Rural Caucus. It was an event for people who were very worried about the LEARNS Act that's coming through, actually being steamrolled and shoved through in Arkansas by the new governor, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. So I came to speak on a panel and it went pretty well. There were about 80 people that showed up on a Friday night to listen to us talk about what was going on with the school privatization movement in Arkansas. And I have to tell you this story. While I was greeting people and talking to people, I noticed uh, a young man come in all dressed up in a suit. And when I looked at him, I thought, that is a young Republican. (laughs) That is someone um, that I have seen several times before uh, come in to try to give, you know, a different viewpoint. And We sat and we talked about the LEARNS Act for almost two hours. And afterwards, there was a question and answer segment. And the young man in the suit stood up, and I thought, well, here we go. And sure enough, I was right. He said that he was a member of the Young Republicans, uh, that he was a student at Springdale High School, which is a very good school in northwest Arkansas. He asked us a question. He said that. He had parents who advocated for him at school, but he had a friend who was from Ecuador and his parents weren't advocating for him. So he said, why would we want to keep uh, charter schools, private schools, religious schools away from this young man who doesn't have anyone advocating for him? And I didn't engage with the young man uh, because I didn't want to embarrass him. He was probably 17 years old at most. But Here's the thing that he didn't understand and that lots of folks on the right don't understand. The voucher system is not made for his friend from Ecuador without anyone advocating for him. The voucher system is made for the young man in the suit, driving a brand new car, whose parents do advocate for him. Vouchers are meant for those rich or those upper middle class kids who want to go to a private school, whose parents can afford to investigate and find out about the schools, to apply to the schools, to make sure that the young man does well on the entrance exams, that they are able to you know, volunteer at the schools. So it's this weird dichotomy where folks will think that choice is going to work for underserved communities, minorities, poor folks, rural folks, when in reality, it's just the opposite. The voucher system is made for folks who are already in private schools, We know from what we've done in Missouri, we passed uh, most scholars act, and this gives uh, state paid vouchers to students. We know the data says that two thirds of the students who received a scholarship or state paid vouchers were already in private schools. And that's the issue I'm gonna talk about today. I'm gonna give y'all some fast facts on school privatization and school vouchers. And for this part, I'm leaning on the National Coalition for Public Education. Um, School vouchers harm students and our schools and our communities. Private school vouchers take a lot of names, okay? Um, They can be scholarship programs, tuition, tax credits, or like in Missouri, um, ESAs, education savings accounts. Regardless of whatever they call them, What they're doing is using public dollars and they're funding private and religious schools. And in the meantime, they're also diverting resources, money away from public education, um, the public education system that serves 90% of American kids. So private school vouchers undermine public schools by diverting funds away from our public schools. Private school vouchers don't save taxpayer money. Private school vouchers don't improve academic achievement. In fact, lots of studies have shown um, across the country that vouchers don't result in better test scores. And in lots of states, they've actually led to declines in academic achievement. And private school vouchers don't lead to improvements in public schools. You'll hear lots of people talking about you know, the free market, um, (laughs) treating kids like hamburgers. You know, there's two different hamburger shops and um, one of them has a better hamburger. Which are you going to go to? Well, you have to remember that uh, teachers and schools and education don't operate like hamburger businesses. And by the way, kids aren't hamburgers. Private school vouchers fail to provide accountability to taxpayers. Private school vouchers don't provide students with the same rights and protections that they would ever otherwise have in, you know, public schools like uh, Title IX, um, the uh, Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. Um, these things aren't provided in or they don't have to be provided in private and religious schools. Private school vouchers violate the fundamental principle of religious freedom because they pay for religious education with taxpayer funds private vouchers don't adequately serve students with disabilities Um, they don't adequately serve low-income students or rural students Uh, private vouchers often fund poor quality schools. And we can see that in the states that have went with the voucher program where the local Baptist church accepts funds and then opens up, you know, a classroom in the basement and the cinder block walls and cubicles and kids staring at screens or worksheets uh, with uncertified teachers. You know, these people are just barely paid above minimum wage to coach or mentor kids. And then finally, the private school vouchers don't offer real choice. The vouchers give the choice to the private schools, not to parents, not to students. There's something that all of us should know, recognize, and speak out against, and that's the campaign to end public schools. And it sounds insane. It sounds like a tinfoil hat conspiracy theory, you know. It's extreme, but it's happening. Public schools are under attack. These anti-public school advocates, they have, they're doing these three things. Um, they're sowing mistrust in public schools and public school teachers. They're defunding public schools, and then finally. The push is to replace our public schools with a system of private school and religious school vouchers. Uh, Private school vouchers aren't going to solve the things that the folks on the right are absolutely screaming about, right? Critical race theory or CRT. Uh, I see lots of lawmakers in my state uh, talking about LGBTQ equality in public schools and talking about trans athletes. Vouchers aren't going to make gay folks go away or trans folks go away. They're not solving real challenges in public schools. Um, We have, you know, learning loss due to the pandemic. We have school safety issues. We have school shootings. We have bullying. And finally, we have a huge lack of support for public school educators. And yet every time you bring up any of these problems, any of them, My lawmakers in Missouri and lawmakers across red states always say the same thing. Vouchers are the solution to every problem. Whether it's real or imagined or manufactured, they always do the same thing. Well, let's just give folks a choice. Let's just give them vouchers so that they can go to, you know, religious or private schools. These anti-public school uh, advocates or lawmakers—they're crusading against you know the teaching of CRT, which isn't happening in K through twelve schools. They're introducing bills to ban any classroom talk of diversity, or gender, or sexual edge uh, orientation, or race. Um, they're going after our library books. They're claiming that teaching kids about principles of you know like justice, diversity and inclusion is woke indoctrination. And you hear that over and over again, just like CRT. When you hear CRT or someone talking about it, your first inclination should be define that. You know, what are you talking about? If folks talk about woke indoctrination, you know, you should ask them to, what does that mean? What do you mean by that? Can you explain so let's talk for just a minute about this guy named Christopher Rufo. I ran across this profile on Twitter because I noticed that, you know, he and there's another guy named Corey DeAngelis. They're really uh, pushing culture wars. They're pushing things that aren't happening and saying they're happening. Uh, to try to privatize public schools. And when you look at their backgrounds, you're like, oh, okay. They, they work for the Heritage Foundation. They work for the Cato Institute. They work for millionaires and billionaires. But Christopher Rufo is especially bothersome because he's the one who started the CRT panic. And, you know, I always think of like the satanic panic that we live through. If you're Gen X, you live through, um, you know, in the 80s where where people were accusing babysitters, of doing horrible things to children. And it created this, you know, universal panic in parents and what it was meant to do was to keep women at home, you know, to keep them away from the workforce, to keep them from sending their kids uh, to babysitters. Well, CRT feels very much the same. And Christopher Rufo is the guy who created it. Um, Rufo is even admitted that his anti-CRT campaign um, is a ruse. In his words, his actual words, and this was on Twitter and the tweet is still up. He said, the goal is to have the public read something crazy in the newspaper and immediately think critical race theory, CRT. And his goal was to trick people into believing that these various cultural insanities are CRT. So anything that comes up, anything that someone, you know, a super conservative person might have a problem with, he's like, oh, that's CRT. And it's happening in your school to your kids. He said that his strategy of laying siege to institutions, including public schools, will lead to parents having a fundamental right to exit our schools and also to exit our school with school vouchers paid for by taxpayers. After Christopher Rufo, you know, introduced this craziness, this CRT, you had all these policymakers and you had lawmakers and you had people like Betsy DeVos uh, declaring that we should, and this is her quote, these are her words, liberate kids from race indoctrination with school choice. And what she meant was to give parents the power to take tax dollars allocated for their kid in a public school to a private or religious school. In other words, she means that folks should have a voucher um, if their kids are learning about race or gender or equality or injustice in public schools. Here's just a couple of examples of state lawmakers using the language of Rufo and DeVos and millionaires and billionaires on the right to defund Uh, public schools in their state and to sow distrust in the public education. So state lawmakers in Oklahoma introduced a bill to give vouchers to students who oppose learning about gender or race or diversity concepts. In Kansas, state lawmakers proposed a voucher bill as a solution to the problems with diversity and inclusion initiatives in their public schools. State lawmakers in New Jersey introduced a bill to provide families a private school voucher if they wish to opt out of inclusive LGBTQ policies in public schools. And I can't forget my home state of Missouri. We have so many House bills and Senate bills, you know, aimed at uh, Defunding public schools, which Missouri is already 50th in the nation for teacher pay and 49th in the nation for educational funding, so pulling more state funding from our schools is going to lead to tragic um, outcomes. But we have several bills. There's one from Mike Moon, who you know doesn't want kids to to learn about race or diversity or um, LGBTQ um, issues. At the same time, we have another Senate bill allowing school districts to offer elective uh, social studies courses in the the Hebrew scriptures in the Old Testament of the Bible or the New Testament of the Bible. Um, So again, they are saying that indoctrination is happening, this woke indoctrination of learning about discrimination uh, race relations, slavery, Jim Crow, racism. At the same time, they are pushing bills to allow teachers to teach, you know, the scriptures. Strange, right? Support this show and all of the work in the Heartland Pod universe by going to heartlandpod.com and clicking the Patreon link to sign up. Membership starts at $1 per month and goes up from there with extra shows and special access at the higher levels. Heartlandpod.com, click the Patreon link, or just go to Patreon and search for The Heartland Pod. No matter the level you choose, your membership helps us create these independent shows as we work together to change the conversation. And now, back to the show. I started this podcast talking about going to Northwest Arkansas and talking to a rural caucus about, you know, what happens when vouchers come to your state. And the reason I went is because Sarah Huckabee Sanders is absolutely uh, mowing everyone over with her LEARNS Act. And the thing about Sarah Huckabee Sanders is she keeps tatting this bill. And making people think twice about it because there is a provision in there to pay teachers $50,000 a year, which would be huge. I mean, just thinking about myself, I was uh, an English teacher for 16 years. I had my master's degree. I was traveling the country teaching other teachers. I taught for 16 years, and I walked out making $41,000 a year. That meant every month my bring home pay after my retirement was taken out was about twenty four, twenty five hundred dollars $2,500 a month. Like that's what I was living on. And folks, that's tough. (laughs) Five kids. I mean, it's tough. So when she offers 50K, I mean, as a teacher, I'd be like, um, let me think about this for a second. (laughs) Cause that is life-changing for a lot of us. I mean, the starting pay in Missouri is around $27,000 a year. There was a uh, proposal last year to raise teacher pay to $38,000, which, I mean, to most of y'all probably sounds like crumbs, but to us sounds pretty dang good. But it didn't pan out. It was smoke and mirrors like everything else. So they said they were raising teacher pay to thirty eight k, but what happened was it was a grant that schools had to apply for. So not every school did it. Um, the underfunded public schools had to find 30 percent of whatever the raise is going to be, so you're counting on schools who already don't have funding to fund part of it, and then the last, well, second to last thing um, is that it it wasn't funded every year; it was only you know one year that they put this grant in effect, and lastly, it didn't do anything to veteran teacher pay. So that's a tough you know pill to swallow if you've been teaching for a long time, making 35,000 and in walks you know a brand new 22, 23 year old making 38. I mean, I guess you probably went to 38 too, but you can see that this is problematic. No shade to the young teachers. I mean we need you folks. <laughs> but that's kind of what's going on in Arkansas. But the biggest thing, and um, you know, I, I went through this bill as best I could, it was 144 pages. They literally gave them like a day and a half uh, to read through the bill. So they rammed it through. And the Arkansas senators voted yes. They voted to approve a bill that they could not have fully read or understood. The biggest nasty part, though, um, about Sarah Huckabee Sanders' bill is how she is scratching the back of the banking industry. So, you know, um, when politicians say, oh, it's not about the money, it's, it's about the kids, I'm going to be like, well, let's follow the money and see exactly uh, what it's about. And this is from the Arkansas Times, and they laid this out really well. On page 87 of that 144-page bill, the bill states that voucher account service providers and, you know, those are financial institutions or what we would call a bank, (laughs) can withhold 5% of the money in every voucher account for the administration of the program. So, if every student currently enrolled in private schools, so that's about 26,000 Arkansas students, if every one of them applied for a voucher account, that would be $192 million in voucher accounts for one school year. And if those banks are skimming 5%, that's $9.6 million a year of taxpayer money that's going directly to the banks and voucher account providers. Follow the money, friends. I want to end this podcast by talking about something that I know and understand very well, and that is what vouchers and school choice do to rural communities, rural kids, rural schools. Vouchers fail rural students and our communities. They don't provide an actual choice for students living in rural areas, you can give me 20 vouchers. It doesn't matter because there is no place I can take that voucher for my daughter. The closest high school, the closest private religious high school that would accept a state voucher is almost 60 miles from me, one way, right? Over an hour. And there's no transportation, obviously, provided. So vouchers don't provide an actual choice. Um, few, if any, rural students have access to private schools, and to attend the schools, um, we would be, in, you know, required to have long and costly commutes, and I'd have to pay for the transportation myself. Uh, most private and religious schools don't provide transportation, and that that long transportation, that long bus ride impacts the attendance and the tardiness and also student achievement. Being on a bus for an hour or being in a car for an hour one way would impact my child, right? So we don't have choice and I want folks to remember that. When you hear someone talking about school choice and school vouchers, understand who they're talking to. They are not talking to people in poor uh, communities or rural communities or, you know, any kiddo with a disability because they don't have to accept anyone when it comes down to it, right? And here is an issue that a lot of folks just avoid. They don't talk about it all. A voucher to a private religious school is not the education I want for my kids. We aren't necessarily religious folks. I don't want my daughter attending a school with religious indoctrination, and I don't think, like I said before, that the state should be funding that. There are people in all parts of every state who object to their tax. Paid money going to religious institutions, religious institutions that open schools. You have to think about this as well. A lot of times churches struggle with funding. You know, we see that there is a huge drop in church attendance. Well, what's a great way to fund your church? Start a school, open up your basement, find a few people who may teach, you know, Sunday school, and have them teaching or mentoring or coaching kids while accepting state-paid voucher money. It works out well, right? For the churches. Here are just my last thoughts. Public education serves tons of purposes in our country. Uh, It makes our communities better, tighter, It reduces inequalities. Uh, We have these common experiences through common curriculum, and it strengthens our democracy. Public schools serve all students, no matter their economic status or disability or religion or race, um, whether they can speak English, uh, their sexual orientation, gender identity, the immigration status of their family, or any other personal characteristic. And unlike private schools, which can pick and choose their students, because remember, school choice means that schools choose, and they often only cater to those who can afford tuition, public schools are open to everybody. Public schools are free of charge. Public schools serve students who have disabilities or language uh, disparities or academic or disciplinary records um, that private schools um, are unlikely to accept. So public schools are the only option that serve all kids, all children, including those at the margins, and those kids who are unable to go anywhere else. Public schools remain neutral on the issue of religion, and they welcome all students of all religions and no religions. Finally, public school brings our community together, and I see that as one of the most important parts of public school. And democracy our communities come together and learn from each other and we have relationships with others that we may not have a relationship with because we wouldn't come into contact with them in our in our daily lives our local public schools are everything to our rural communities there are economic epicenters There are places where our kids can go to get a hot breakfast, a hot lunch, where folks in our community get their health insurance, uh, where they get their paycheck. Everything about my community revolves around the public school. School vouchers decimate public schools. Pass it on, friends. (laughs) Hey friends, I just want to thank you again for joining me for another episode of the Dirt Road Democrat. A lot of the facts that you heard me reciting during this podcast come from the National Coalition for Public Education. You can find them at www.ncpecoalition.org. They have a whole lot of talking points and data and surveys to help you speak truth to power to speak to the lawmakers who are trying to decimate public education. Hey, thanks for joining me, and let's do it again next week. Bye, friends. Dirt Road Democrat is brought to you by the Heartland Pod, a MidMap Media production. Producers are Adam Summer, Rachel Parker, and Sean Dillon. Theme music by Adam Summer. Host, Jessica Piper. Learn more at HeartlandPod.com.